the reports and all that kind of stuff that they had to deal with. And it got better, but nothing happened with documentation. It got left behind because right. nobody was feeling the problem. So the big question is, how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement? If you want to learn the answers to those questions and more, then you've come to the right place. My name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of the Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, welcome back to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast. Um, I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer, and today my special guest is Ray Berardinelli. And Ray also thinks EMRs suck. So, Ray, thanks for coming to the show, and I really appreciate you being here today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think EMRs suck. But <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a long story. We'll get into it, hopefully. Yeah, yeah we'll save that for another episode. Um, <laughs> Ray, I was telling you a little bit uh, beforehand, um, uh, you know, one of my first blog posts when I was writing my blog about eight years ago was about like my perfect EMR. And I went through and listed all the things it should do. And there wasn't a single EMR out there that was going to do it. So I was still doing paper. Um, and I could go through my list of what a perfect EMR is. But, you know, it's like there was no like at that time, it was still everything had to be on paper or if you could put it on the cloud, you still had paper trails and all these things. And I, I know you've solved some of these problems. So that was one of the reasons I was like, well, I, I've, I know, I've seen what you're doing and it's, um, it's really awesome. I love the branding. Plus we've had an opportunity to get to know each other the last few years. So um, before we get into EMRs, can you just share a little bit with, your, with our audience about, you know, like what, like what first brought you to like PT and, and business ownership? Um, well, I got hurt playing football mm -hmm. in, in, in high school, actually. And uh, then I, I went and got treatment and I was like, this is pretty cool. So that's how I ended up at PT. Um, then, you know, graduated in 2000. Uh, did a couple of years, you know, working for somebody else and then decided to hop into private practice. Um, you know, and well, then that that's where this all came from. Like, yeah, he started to run into the problems. Uh, I was trying to run my practice. I was running a small practice. I still wanted to treat. You know, I was one of those those that you know didn't really ever want to move out. Mm. Now that I'm all the way out, I, I didn't ever really want to move out of uh, of patient treatment. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually, you know, I got there. It, it was just consuming my life. It was consuming yeah. my time. I was, I was losing time with my family that I could never get back. And I knew it. Yeah. I knew an hour and a half, two hours a day that I was losing and wasn't coming back. It was putting stresses on my relationships with my, you know, my wife, with my children, with, with other people. Because, well, time has to come from somewhere. Right. So when did you... Um... When did you graduate PT school and like how long was it between then and like starting your own business? 2000 and then, and well, let's, let's do the reverse math. It was like two and a half, three years. Okay. Um, I went real early. I yeah. wasn't, I knew, I knew in PT school that I wanted to have my own practice. Yeah. That I didn't want to work for somebody. So it was just a matter of time of learning enough, figuring out enough mm -hmm. and uh, getting up the guts. <laughs> yeah. How'd you know that? Like, what were you, 
Like, what were the signs that you were like, I'm going to open my business? Was it just this thought that just ran through your head? Well, it, it was a moment. Like, it was when my daughter was born and, and I was sitting there looking at her. And I, and I was like, you know, I've been, I've been talking about this, been saying, you know, when I'm ready, when I'm ready, you know, it's time. I want to start trying to make a better life for this family that I'm starting to mm. have. And, uh, you know, I remember sitting in the hospital and thinking, you know, I, I wanted to do everything I could to give them that better life. And then I realized the one thing that I couldn't give them because I tried to give them the better life was the time with me. Right. My wife said I was present, but I was never really there. I was in the room, but I wasn't present. That's what she said. Mm -hmm. I was in the room, but I wasn't present because I was typing away on my computer or, you know, talking about some marketing thing or, you know, I talked about it. I was thinking about it. I was working on it pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. So you started your own business, like in network, out of network, it's cash with your lunch hour. How much cash? And then over time, kind of hybrid, you know, in network, out of network, hybrid model. Just you, admin, other PTs? Uh, Me, other PTs, admin, you know, like kind of a little bit of varying degrees of everything at different stages throughout the process. What, so what were the problems that you were running into? I mean, it's time, but like what was sucking up your time? Like what were the, what were the big bottlenecks you ran into? Well, well, number one, I refused in my practice. I refused to not be one-on-one with my patients. Mm-hmm. So that necessitated documentation and marketing and those sort of other things, especially the worst is the documentation. Let's not kid ourselves. Like, you know, that necessitated it going at the end of the day, you know, where, where family time was or where sleep was or where, you know, golfing or, you know, whatever. It, it, it was in that space. And that was the space that I lost. And, you know, what, it wasn't as bad when it was recreational activities. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it be came like okay stuff that now I'm I'm like this is very important to me and I can never get it back you know my children being small and I'm watching them grow and I know that I'm losing time I know that it's going away I can always make more money but I can never get this back it's gone so I decided that number one I wanted to fix it for me and then as I started the process I realized I can do more than just fix this for me I can fix this for a lot of people. I can make a lot of people's lives better. Like, dude, it's been uh, since 2008, since I was in, like, doing some documentation other than my own. (laughs) Okay, so it's been 2020, so it's been 12 years since I've documented off of, like, my paper forms or my Google Docs, right? And I've got a cash practice, and it's just, like, it takes me, if I'm not paying attention, it takes me five minutes to do a patient documentation because it's just soap notes and I'm document to cover my ass, right? What was taking, like, in 20, in t- whenever, when, when did you start this? Like, in, t- in 2018, 2017, like, what's taking so long? Why has this got to take so long? Like, what uh, were the, what, what's the, what, the, like, what in the moment? Like, why is it, why are you spending time at home at nine o'clock at night documenting? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, it was, well, it was all along. And then, then I did, the, I did the same, the same thing as you. Like I came up with my list and I begged, you know, like I was with clinician web PT and I, I was like begging them and felt like, I hate, look, this is what they should do. Please fix this. Mm-hmm. Please. This is how this should work. 
and and nothing was happening. And and I think by and large, what happens with those companies? This is my humble opinion. I think what happens is they start out with PTs and they start out with good intentions. They mm-hmm. they want to make things better, make things easier. Well, then what happens is the the person running it, you know, that maybe was a PT or somebody that was involved that was a PT, stops trading. Yeah. Right. They say, okay, here's our solution. And it was, it was okay at the time. So here's our solution. And then what happens is they say, they're not trading anymore. They're not feeling the problems. They're not feeling the hour and a half or two hours in the evening that they're losing with their family right. or, you know, that time that they're giving up going out to eat with people because they got stuff to do or that they're staying up until 11 o'clock, 1130 at night to try to get their documentation done before they go to sleep or waking up in the middle of the night with thinking about the crap that they should have done that they don't have done in their documentation. Um, because of that, they, they improved what was, what was important to them. Mm-hmm. what they had to deal with, what their employees had to deal with. That was the billing. Mm-hmm. So they got pretty darn good at the billing. You know, they, they, yeah. they, really did. They, they did pretty good at the billing, as long as you're in network, assuming you're in network. Um, but, but they got pretty good at the billing, right? But the problem is they never really improved. Like the, the product, like I started with clinician, like yeah. uh, forever ago, 11, 12 years ago. And 11 or 12 years later, the, the product basically fo- looks and functions the same for the clinical end, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The reports and all that kind of stuff that they had to deal with and it got better, but nothing happened with documentation. It got left behind because right. nobody was feeling the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is the problem like, is it, you know, I'm having to document for insurance or is the problem because it's a, a 10 year old software that's just being patched along the way? I mean, both. Yeah. It's both. Like, you know, you know, and, and okay. So yes. So like perfect example, like I talked to a number of people, but people are like, I don't, I'm not getting an EMR. Why? Well, because paper, paper works a lot better for me. Well, yeah. If paper does work better, you should stay with paper. Like I'm, I'm serious. If it's faster and it's more efficient, you should stay with paper. So like the alternative was like this long, arduous documentation or paper, you know, mm-hmm. and now we're giving a third option, right? What if I can do faster than your paper and, and give you that, that EMR, that digital, that, that tracking, that, you know, the ability to, to measure, to benchmark yourself, you know, to get all of those KPIs, to look at all of these things without manual data entry, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you know, I, that's that's why I did this because they yeah. sucked, and I decided there was a better way, that's you know. Awesome. So started working, and well, you <laughs> to fix the problem, we've been working for seven years and over five and a half years of de- development. So, yeah. so, like, it really has been a long long wow yeah um here let me read i I just went and looked up my blog post i want to read it to you like i'm like i'm not gonna read the whole thing just my list no no i'd love anyone wants to to check it out we'll put we'll try to put this in the shows but i wrote this in 2014 okay so six and a half uh january 2014 so almost uh, seven years ago um and here's my my cash vt emr wish list simple low cost or high value pricing structure, right? Because at the time, 
I looked into things like WebPT and I was like, why am I going to pay that much money per month? Like I'm not getting the billing out of it. Like it doesn't benefit me. And clinician was like this huge, like $5,000 onboarding and they were going to keep a certain percentage of collections. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I can't. Like, how's this going to work? It's the same reason I didn't use Infusionsoft back then either. Because Infusionsoft was like a $3,000 onboarding. Okay, number two, dedicated mobile app to schedule patients and access records on the go. Because my uh, phone was my office even in 2014. Um, I wasn't always in the clinic. Integration with Gmail, Google Calendar, even with Dropbox or Evernote or some other web-based platform, you know, for, you know, because the whole idea is like, how do we get this out of my lap and my handwriting's terrible. Um, dedicated iPad or Android tablet app that allows for customization of patient intake questionnaires, objective measures and consent forms. So really like, it's just like point two of how do I, how, can I get it from my mobile app, but can I make edits to it? Which in 2020, we should be able to, the, the technology's there in 2014, it might not have been. Zero need, here's, the, here's one of the big ones, zero need for any paper, because everything at that time was, yes, I could scan it and upload it, but I gotta sit there for 10 minutes to scan a three-page document, and then I can still have to shred the paper, you know, for intake forms and all that. An easy and simple to use web-based platform. Um, and number seven, which I think when I look back now is, is an important one. And I know if I was going to make this list again in 2020, there might be other things, but it was number seven is the feeling that this is saving me time, money, and energy, right? If you just give me the feeling, I will pay you 150 bucks for that feeling, right? I'd pay you $1,000 for the feeling that I'm at home with my kids every afternoon by 530 instead of doing EMR. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, that, my, my, list was, my list was similar. Yeah, my life was very, very similar. And, and honestly, this is so this is going to always be a work in progress, mm -hmm. like forever. If I'm doing my job right, yeah. this is always going to be a work in progress, like forever and ever and ever. Like, I don't want it to be what we all saw or, or maybe you didn't even see with with WebPT, with clinician, where like, you know, for extended periods of time, it's the same damn thing you get, you know, they're the same, 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 same. They add like little teeny tiny tweaks and every time something comes down the pipe, so you don't even know this because you're in cash, but like, well, maybe you do, but, but like with Medicare, you know, with you know, PQRS and MIPS and every time something else comes out, what happens? They just throw a whole bunch of more check boxes on there for me. <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, okay. So there's extra work. So here, I'm just going to dump it on your plate. Yeah. And good luck with that. I, I know your documentation is taking you an hour and 20 minutes. This will only take an extra five or six minutes a day. No big deal. Here you go. You know, and, and we wanted it to be different. I'm like, we have, I, I have to do something to start yanking that crap off of people's plate. Like they're creating these, these ridiculous, let's be honest, they're ridiculous. They're creating these ridiculous schemes to figure out how to stop paying therapists as much money every year and how to nickel and dime you out of paying you. They, the insurance companies. Yeah, the Medicare, yeah. companies, Medicare, whoever. They just keep coming up with, you know, oh, well, now we have the CCI edits and the NCCI mm -hmm. edits. You know, and MIPS, and you know, they just keep. And so I wanted to be something that did it for you. I wanted to create software that does it for you, that creates that efficiency. Like, because let's be honest, everybody's running to cash, and a big part of it is the is not well. Naturally, you can get paid more, but um, a big part of it is the damn documentation. Like, it's 
takes so long and it's so arduous. And every time Medicare comes out with something new, guess what? You just added another two or three minutes to every evaluation you do forever. You know, and it, that's we decided, I well, I decided, a group of other people said, all right, let's start pushing back. Let's start trying to take this off of people's plates. Let's start trying to automate these systems. Let's start trying to use AI. Like, you know, you shop on Amazon and it's like you might also like, and it's like everything that you like, you know, mm -hmm. Google, it's telling you, hey, look at this. These, these are things you're interested in. I'm like, how can it do this? But my documentation can't tell me what maybe I might want as a goal. Like, come on. Yeah. So what, uh, how, how have you solved this problem of like just adding to the list rather than uh, making it more efficient? Well, let's, well, first off, started from a, a, a part of, well, trying to be honest with myself and honest about the, the process. Yeah. Documentation is primarily CYA. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that, that's primarily what documentation is. Like it's not improving this relationship between my patient and I, it's not improving the quality of care that I'm getting. If anything, it's, it's making it worse. Right. Um, you know, so, so from that realization, the idea was, okay, now let's do CY, the CYA, you know, let, let's, let's do all that. Let's automate it. Let's make the system use algorithms and dig out, functional deficits, what the therapist likes, what they've done in the past, and automatically make this thing alter itself mm. so that it's digging out for the therapist. It's trying to do the assessment for you. It's trying to do the plan. It's trying to pull all the goals for you. It's trying to fill out your evaluation complexity for you. All of these things that were manual tasks, we're now using AI to try to do for you so that you don't have to spend all of this time, you know, like an eval taking 15, 20 minutes. Are you kidding me? You know, my, my physical assessment of the person takes that long, mm -hmm. you know, like to, to put my hands on them and to do special tests and strength and range of motion. That's how long it takes me. And then I got to go to the, when I'm done, it takes me over that long again to get that into the computer. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but Ray, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, but you know, I know that there have been articles that have come out in the past where medical errors in hospitals are being made because they're just passing forward the information from the last visit. Nothing's being updated and, you know, red flags are getting missed. Like, what are you doing or what have you figured out that's um, keeping this like compliant and uh, ethical, you know, but also saving time? Version one, it, it's 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 digging out your your therapy list. So it's like so, it's looking at your flow sheet. Mm -hmm. If you haven't made any changes into your flow sheet within three visits, it's starting to flag the accounts. Mm -hmm. Starting to say, hey, this hasn't changed. This hasn't changed. This hasn't changed. So so instead of just doing like go oh, copy forward, oh copy forward, it's starting to flag like, hey, nothing's changed. Right. This isn't skilled care. You need to change something in here. You know so. So that's part of it, you know, and there's, there's just a ton of stuff. The, the evaluations are like our biggest, are, they're, they're the biggest time suck, you know, mm -hmm. like people, we get good at those, those uh, things. And like on the daily notes, we get pretty good at those. Like, and they're honestly, they're, they're carbon copies with small changes. Uh, we're, our software works different because there's logical flow in it. 
Mm-hmm. So like if the patient says, so say, say you set it up this way so that on the second visit you ask them, is your pain, is your pain worse? Yes. Okay. Well, did you do anything? Have you had a fall? Have you had any of these following things? So now it's going down a rabbit hole. So now each individual visit, the, th- the patient's filling this out either at home or in the waiting room. You know, there's like four or five, six questions that they thought. So each visit, it's going to look different because it has logic based upon the patient's response. Oh, yeah. So now we're not going to look like the carbon copy one off because it's, it's patient driven. It's patient feedback driven, you know, so it's, you know, it's really allowing it to, uh, to remain fluid and it flags itself if the flow sheet's not changing. That's kind of cool. So the patients come in, they say, Hey, what's up? I'm here uh, for some PT today on the four o'clock and they get a little questionnaire and they go dick, dick, better, worse. And they kind of like feeds forward some of that info. Yeah. Um, they to can the use a tablet in the, in yeah. the office or they can do it at home on their phone. They can do it in the waiting room on their phone if they want, if they prefer that, you know, especially like with the COVID thing, everybody's now afraid of touching stuff. So cleaning stuff. So if they, they fill it out on their phone. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. What else? Like what, like what else? So if like the eval was taken like 15 or 30 minutes, I mean, geez, you know, um, I mean, I've used to spend 30 minutes on some of these cause I would write up a really nice note, send it to the referring provider. And uh, I mean, I, I did that mostly for marketing and it didn't, it, it got me like through my first summer, but beyond that, it, it, it didn't really land me any, uh, marketing business, marketing points. But what, what else is, uh, what were the other stick points and how else are you guys um, really helping save people's time? So, so well, the stick point, well, that, that eval, like, you know, that, that 15, 20, half an hour doing an eval, you know, we're now with the AI, we're down two, three minutes of eval. Wow. So like, yeah. So like when you can do, you know, five, six evals in the time it used to take you to do one, you can do a whole day's worth of work and the time that you're doing one eval, that, that, that's huge. I mean, yeah. that's huge. Um, and the other places, like marketing things, right? So, so well, Infusionsoft, right? Mm-hmm. I use Infusionsoft, you use Infusionsoft, right? So one of the big things that happens is, so like with that Infusionsoft is that you have to manage lists, right? Mm-hmm. You have to manage lists. People have to go off and on lists, right? And Infusionsoft, well, it's not really feeding back to you, right? So there's no feedback between your therapists and the Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft isn't saying like when the patient walks to the door, hey, you sent them an email. Mm-hmm. It's not doing that. It, it should. It doesn't. Um, you know, so, so that's part of what we're doing also. So now ours are automated, like the list. So it, you take that first phone call. You go through the intake script. At the end of the intake script, when you hit save, it dumps all of that information into the initial evaluation so the patient never repeats themselves. Whatever they give you on the first phone call dumps into the subjective portion of the initial evaluation. The goals actually become your first two goals, right? Those goals also become embedded in your emails. So the emails look custom because we're talking about their goals in, in, the, right. in the emails. Uh, nobody has to manage anything. When you click save, 45 minutes later, that email goes. Brilliant. So you guys have like a direct integration with your software and like Infusionsoft or Active Campaign or anything else? Well, no, we built our own. Okay. Oh, so it's built within. So the emails and the automations are all built within the yeah. your yeah, program. Text message, ringless calls to voicemail. Wow. 
So like say the patient doesn't show up for a visit. Yeah. Their, their phone doesn't ring. It shows up as a missed call with a voicemail and say it's you. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Aaron. Hey, I was just trying to reach out to you. Um, you know, I saw that you haven't been in the past couple of uh, days. I was just wondering what was going on and, you know, something's up. You know, I know we discussed during the initial visit how important adherence was for you to be able to get your life back. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, just give me a call whenever you get a minute. So now you record that one time. It, whenever they, they hit the drop-off list, it automatically sends them that. Text messages, emails. Hey, in order to get back to playing with your dog and your grandchildren, uh, you know, we have to see you. If we don't do that, there's nothing we can do to help you. You know, so we have all copy for this and everything. Um, so these just automatically run. They're just nice, nice. So those are on automated like triggers. And so some people, if you're like, well, we're starting to get lost in the tech, you know, um, you know, it's just like where, where an event happens and you know, what Ray is saying is just triggered certain like text messages and emails based on like time or activity or inactivity. Right. Is that the easy way to explain uh, yeah, it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And different points, you know, like when, like for, for like cash, there's an EOB one you can just check. Mm-hmm. It'll, not for cash for insurance you check the eob one whenever their eob is coming it tells them that their eob is coming and that they're going to see denials in it and all this stuff because you lose a certain percentage of people there right right you lose a certain percentage of people after your first visit because they're sore mm-hmm. so we're trying to fix that this is jerry jerry Durham stuff so we're yeah. trying to fix that patient experience so we're putting that after the first visit we're sending them that message saying hey text or however mm-hmm. you want don't be surprised if you get sore. I know I already pointed this, but I'm reinforcing. Right. So you send it to them. So you're plugging all of the holes in this, and uh, you know, then you're getting net promoter scores at different places. You know, I don't know if everybody yeah. knows what it is or not, or how far we want to get into the weeds on this. Yeah, that's awesome. So basically, what you're saying is, you, the main objections that people and the main drop-off points of patients, you're um, anticipating those and sending out automated emails and messages to help avoid those by educating people um, a couple different ways to, you know, like, Hey, it's okay to be sore and you're just going to get through it. And it sore means this is working, you know, kind of stuff. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so there's expectations, right? So Mm -hmm. everyone has expectations either, either you set your patient's expectation or if you don't, your parent, your patient will set their expectation for you. So every time you have an opportunity and you don't set their expectation, there's a chance that you're going to lose that patient because they just set their own expectation. Mm -hmm. And when their own expectation isn't met, now they think that something's wrong or this isn't going the way that it should. So if you don't take every opportunity to to set that expectation for them, you're creating a potential drop-off in the future. Because their expectation is being set by Google, uh, Instagram, their friends, the physician who told them they should never bend over again and their body's going to explode into a million pieces. Right, right. right. And, and they live in a world that's this. Yeah. Instant gratification, instant gratification. We all know therapy's not instant gratification. You know, it, there's actually work involved in this. So, so in a world of instant gratification, it's going to take a little bit. You're going to have to do a little bit of work to reset their mind so that, well, you know, there's some preaching to the mm-hmm. choir you know, to, to, uh, to reset their mind that, that this is how this is going to work. This is how this is going to go. And it's going to take a while or, you know, it's going to be changed on the other side of it. Yeah. That's awesome. What, um, 
what other efficiencies or inefficiencies have you found um, that uh, either through in PT clinics or even just in your own life that you've created different systems for or you know closing gaps? I don't. There's there's tons of inefficiencies, but I, I look at I look at like I try to look at it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I try to look at opportunities, right? So so there's opportunities. So in each and every step, there's either opportunities for efficiency or there's opportunities at, at building and strengthening a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. right? So like, you know, the, that, that net promoter question, like we, we, we build all kinds of stuff around how likely are you to refer us to our family or friend on the scale of zero to 10, right? So we built all kinds of stuff around that because there's a huge opportunity right there because the, the patient is right in front of you, Right. And I can hand them an iPad and say, hey, would you mind filling this out? They, they inevitably say yes. Now I have an opportunity of peeling their head back and see if they're about to drop off. Mm. I have an opportunity to see if they want to tell other people about me or not. Yeah. Right? So now I've created efficiencies in marketing because now I know you gave me a 9 or 10. You want to refer to me. Well, guess what? We have a system that will segment all those people out automatically, pick out all the 9 and 10s with back pain. Mm-hmm. And ask them if they have any family or friends that are just like us or start marketing to them two or three months out to make sure they're doing okay. If not getting them back in the clinic, right? right? So this is, this is part of your list. This is part mm-hmm. of your list. Like it's got to give me a better return than all, than what I pay for it. Right. Right. And, and by and large, they don't like they, they manage paperwork for you. Right. So we wanted to do it differently. We want actually to put money in the bottom line. We want for every dollar you pay us, we want to show you return on investment. Yeah, that's awesome. So it's like you're you're making the documentation faster, but you're using that information to integrate with the marketing, the word of cultivating word of mouth, which is really what the net promoter score does and um, keeping uh, people around and compliant. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's to it's to find and plug all the holes, and then then to turn your happy patients into referral machines. Yeah, let's talk about the net promoter score because I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't know about this. Because um, I didn't know about it, and I mean, you mentioned Jerry. Jerry taught taught me about it too, and I was like, oh, this is brilliant. So, can you tell everyone a little bit about what it is? When do you send it out? And you know, like you've talked about a little about what you do with the information, but can you just share, yeah. you know, the basic question and what you do with it? Uh, yeah. So it, the, there was a guy by the name of Frederick Reichheld uh, at Harvard. He's a professor and he did years of research on this question, right? It's how likely are you to refer us to a family or friend on a scale of zero to 10, right? Mm-hmm. And he found within the data that nine or tens, they absolutely love you. And they're what he called a promoter. They mm-hmm. want to talk about your business. And given the opportunity, they will. And they will say good things about you, right? Which is more important than all of your marketing dollars put together. Like you cannot outmarket your friends saying this is great. You know, um, sevens or eights. These are people that like you and they will use you, but they're kind of neutral on you. If you ask them to tell their friends about you, their next net promoter score will drop. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to ask them. If you ask them, you are actually harming your relationship and the likelihood that they will ever become your patient again. Right. Right. A six or below, these people hate you. So they are a detractor. They are going to talk bad about you 
the sooner they forget you, the happier you're going to be. Mm. Because you remind them, every time you remind them, they'll say, oh, I freaking hate that place. Don't ever go to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so you don't want to market to those people. If you market to those people, it's actually going to have the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. If you have the data for these people, you know who's going to drop off. A six or below is about to drop off on you. You can hopefully repair that relationship. And it's best face-to-face, -face, not over the phone. Um, so we created systems so you can do it face-to-face -face and you mm -hmm. know when it happened. Um, then seven or eight, we, our marketing message changes to them. We talk about changes, improvements that we're going to make. Your nines and your tens, they love you. You yeah. only have to ask them to come back to refer. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so by bucketing these people, well, first you have to get all the data, right? So we tried texts and emails and you get about 25, 30, maybe if you're really good, 35% of the data. Um, so we started using an iPad. So, you know, we pass them an iPad and say, hey, would you mind filling this out for me? And 90, 99% of the people say, sure. And they'll give you that. We ask them one or two other questions. And then that information is all pushed automatically to the to our app that the therapists have. And it's telling, it tells them, hey, this is their net promoter score. Nice. Along with whether they're improving or not. Um, At what intervals do you ask for the ask for that is it like day one day 10 or visit number two or three or right visit number three mm -hmm. uh web pt did some i love data web pt did some research in 2018 that showed that the fourth visit is your highest drop-off point yeah so we do this at the third visit to try to get ahead of that so now we can identify those people on the third visit their therapist who has the relationship with them walks into the room and sits down and finds out what's going on. You know, and if, if we find out from the app that, that they're getting slightly worse, well, now we know what's going on. We know what the problem is, or if they say they're not happy with the front office, well, if they're not happy with the front office and they're not getting better, you know, that, that that's what's going on. Yeah. So we walk into the room and we start talking to them about that. Hey, sometimes this is how this goes. Sometimes it's a process. It doesn't always work straight up. You know, sometimes it, some people get a little bit worse before they start getting better. You, you know, hey, you know, what's going on with the front office? You know, I, I, I always want to make sure that we're creating the best environment possible for you. You know, so you have a conversation with them and, and find out what's going on. And then you save those people and you keep that, that money. In fact, it's not as big a deal with you guys, like with the cash people. Uh, if you're selling a package or something like that, it don't come back for well. Well, I mean, it does hurt, but you know, it's yeah. uh, you've got your money anyway. It's not yeah. bottom line. Yeah, we use it, and I send it out by email. I can't, I can't remember uh, exactly when. It's been a while since I put it in there, but sometime after like the first or second visit, after like a week or so, and then maybe in like the sixth or seventh week, and I don't get like. It's interesting because a lot of people reply to my emails, but they don't always uh, do this one. I, I don't think I get as high of a, a response as I would like. But, you know, so my question is, is um, what about the people that don't want to respond when put in front of it? Would we, could we assume that they're, you know, scoring somewhere in the middle or they don't see? I mean, is there any information you get from that? I, I don't really make any assumptions. Like, I, I really don't. Like, we get 99% of them. Like, 99% of the time. Because you put it in front of someone's face, please fill this out. 
Yeah, yeah. If somebody's looking at you as well, hey, would you mind answering just four questions for us? You know, mm-hmm. it would mean the world to us if you would just take a couple of seconds. And there, most yeah. of the time, who's, yeah. Like when you're looking somebody in the face that you that you've known, this is the fourth, their third time you're here. Yeah, you're not like going to be like, no, I'm not filling that out. Yeah, you know, most of the time they say yes. Yeah, so we're like right around 99 percent right. of the yes right. which now now we have 99 percent of the data and the, you brought up a great thing people don't respond to it why well you guys get creative we all do we get creative in our emails right mm-hmm. make the other person think that this is real mm-hmm. right so so when they see that question they know that this is bs they're like oh i've seen this question before i know i know so they ignore it right? They do their best to ignore it. So, so the response rates suck because they're like, ah, but when they're face to face and they have to look somebody in the eye and say, no, you know, if, if I'm on my phone in the comfort of my own home and I get an email from you and I go, uh, no, not filling out that survey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, th- that's easy. Yeah. But if I've got to look you in the face, Aaron and go, Aaron, no, I don't, I really don't want to do that. I know. That's a lot harder. I know the <laughs> responses I do get are all generally like, mostly tense like I got one this morning and it's like oh great and I've got a little like thank you message that you know cultivates the word of mouth and referrals and all that stuff it's reviews yeah yeah so it's interesting I mean it's a it's an interesting thing and it's um it's a great question I think like if you have the capacity to put in front of someone's face and you know do that I mean it's awesome I think um you know I'm sitting here churning going okay how can I do that and not take extra time out of people and put it into their, you know, file and like all those things, but cause I don't have the system that automatically like yanks it all in there, you know? Yeah. I, I honestly, if, if you're putting it into a file, it's, it's not like, I mean, you put it into an Excel sheet yeah. and, and yeah, well, I don't even put it in there. I just have like a type form that they go to and I get the email response and I can see it and I know when my team's doing a great job. Yeah. 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 Well, they, well, they, but they need it. Like, so, so like if you can craft the messages to the happy people, right. You know, if you can get referrals, if you can get new patients out of these people because they want to send you, like, like I said, that's, that, that's, I don't, I don't really look at the, uh, the time cost. Every time is an opportunity, right? It's just one opportunity. This is another opportunity, this opportunity to gain new patients from mm-hmm. getting you know, right. with no marketing effort other than some generic email that, that's running forever, you know. I know, I know. I mean, it's it's incredibly powerful. And, you know, I, I, it just brings up the point that like the last 10 minutes, what we're talking about is building a business, making more money and marketing without without spending marketing dollars outside of our business on new customers. Right, and time. Right, <laughs> right. Because wouldn't you agree, like the people who've already, you know, become our customer, the the best uh referral source as well as more likely to um spend money with us and do business with us again oh yeah there's 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 a classic stat right it's not just for physical therapists across all industry right mm-hmm. everything uh 80 of your future money comes from 20 percent of your past or current customers wow 80 percent of your future money comes from 20 percent so like if we can tick this dial by 1%, mm-hmm. you know, just, just move it over by one, maybe 2%, that 80% goes to 88%. Just by a 2% change within your practice. Like it's, you, it's big, you, you won't even notice it, mm-hmm. but you can have 8% growth with them. 
nothing, like that's the biggest leverage point in your practice, you know, because, because yeah, yeah, front end marketing, bringing these people in, yeah, it's great and, and it looks good, but this, this small change that gives you disproportionate results mm-hmm. that costs next to nothing in comparison, like that, 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 <laughs> that's where, that's where you should, that's where you should focus your energy, you know, at least a little bit of your energy. Right that point so that so that you can get that disproportionate result for your practice for yourself for your life for your family mm-hmm. yeah no that's awesome and i mean that ticks uh my wish list number seven my last one is like how can it save me time money and energy and effort i mean right. that's really at the end of the day it's it's not just time documenting or you know trying to you know make sure patients get reimbursed or we get reimbursed or we get money from the insurance companies it's like has this you know make my life patients lives in the business um, run better and faster and smoother yeah, right? yeah, like that. yeah. And it's like it's the money it's like you're, the yeah. time suck i don't want to deal with the time suck i yeah. want to spend time with my patients and family exactly exactly and and not and yeah and not that's so there, there's a ton of data out there, right? Yeah. Right. So WebPT also did data, right? So they showed the drop-off rates for everybody. They said 75% of people don't complete their plan of care. Wow. And, and I was, I spent years because I, I was having, well, what I thought was a problem. Apparently I was doing better than most people. But, you know, when you look at half of your patients happening, I'm like, oh, half of our people aren't completing their plan of care. What is wrong with us? Right. So spent years working on it, right? One of the things I realized is, one of the first things I do when I meet you, I bring you back, I open my laptop in front of you, and then I start ignoring you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look down at my computer. So Aaron, tell me about what's going on with you. Oh, wait. Dude, I had a CI. Um, she wasn't my CI, but she was, I was following her for the day. She turned her back to people and started asking questions over her shoulder like this. I was just like, you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but when, then we wonder why they don't come back. Well, because you're staring at your computer screen like they're a secondary thing in the room you know like this is this this is like huge in human interaction mm-hmm. like looking at the other person acknowledging them they think that you care when you look them in the eye and you're listening and you're nodding and you're attentive to what they're saying right but you can't be doing that if you're looking at your computer right so i think that your emr costs you money every month more money than they charge you in the mail mm-hmm. more money than you send them every month they cost you more in the revenue end of your business because people quit because you're looking at your damn computer and and you know because you're trying to save time by documenting while it's going on yes yes and webpt has commercials with carts that are wheeling around and you're typing on your cart in front of the patient and i'm like oh my goodness yeah. oh like so yeah. What, like, what's the workflow? Is it like, I just walk in the room and by the time I get to the, the, you know, automate, like the artificial intelligence EMR thing, it's like, it's pulled enough forward for me that I just have to, you know, fill in the key points and the changes and the things. Yeah. I mean, like your, your initial evaluation, the subjective yeah. done. Yeah. Done. You review with patient. You, you say, Hey, is it okay if I confirm what, what, whoever my, my office was Tracy, what Tracy what Tracy discussed with you and what you put in on all of our paperwork. Is it okay if I go over that with you? Mm-hmm. So I would memorize a whole bunch of it, set it down and talk to them. Yeah. 
and then the only time I went to it was when I was putting actual data measurements into it. Mm-hmm. You know, so so now it's a totally different experience for the patient. Right. Now I'm having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get information from you so I can put it in my computer. I'm talking to you like a human being. Right, right. Versus like click, click, drag, drop down box, button, 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 right. type, and all that stuff. Right, right. And then you tell the people right up front, hey, there's going to be a little bit more paperwork. The reason that we do this is so that you can have more individualized one-on-one time with your mm-hmm. patient or with your therapist. This allows you to have increased time with them. It allows them to spend more time figuring out what's going on with you. So hopefully that we can better help you. You know, so we tell them why, so they fill it out. Yeah, that, dude, that's awesome. So Ray, what, uh, what's next? Like, what's the next big problem you're going to solve? Or what are you working on? Wow, oh, there, there, there's tons, man. There, it's just, it's just years, years into the future that that we're working on. Um, right now, I, it's front office. Some front office efficiencies are the next thing that are coming into the software. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, records, records should auto follow up. Plan of care should auto update. Nobody should have to do that. Why are we manually putting data into the computer? Like, you know, this one way. You walk into, you walk into your local convenience store. They have people that are making twelve, thirteen dollars an hour, and systems are just all automated. Everything, inventory, everything is keeping track of everything. You know, somebody makes an order for a sandwich, and bang, there it is, exactly the way they want it. Just forwards to them in the back, and I'm like, and and then we have PT, right. Where, where, where we're, we're manually writing this information in. If we're giving it to people, it's going into the EMR. The person has to drag their laptop around. They have to look at it. And then they look at it. And then, then, then we start asking the patient the same questions that we asked them on the first phone call or some of the same questions. And then we wonder, you know, uh, why the patient quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, your practice wasn't listening. Yeah. What's the, um, what's the biggest problem in PT that you don't think you can solve? I don't think that I can solve reimbursement. Yeah. Reimbursement. That's that's a, that's a big, big, ugly monster mm-hmm. of an, that we have because well, the problem is that the AMA spends more money in lobbying than our professional organization brings in. <laughs> so, so I don't like that's a tough nut to crack. Yeah. There. So, yeah. so. That with that well, cash and hybrid are the future. Like yeah. really like it's it's gonna be where things are going, which is good for me. Makes right. me get better because you guys aren't gonna come easily. Mm-hmm. I know that. <laughs> I have to show you efficiencies. I have to show you why what I have is better than what you currently have. Right. And if I don't, you won't. You won't, and you shouldn't use me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. No, that's hundred percent true. That's uh, that's called capitalism, right? Yeah. 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 Competition. Exactly. It's like, I got to give, I got to create something better, better opportunity, better experience, more time, more money, uh, you know, et cetera. So that like you want to choose it, but you know, like how, but the big thing we're fighting is I'm, you know, it's like I'm fighting uh, someone making the choice, but the choice isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you know, so great. So I really have to beat it. <laughs> you know, it may cost twice as much 
but the, ex the experience or the promise or the connection to something has to be 10 times better. Correct, and then, which is, which, that, that's, that's how, well, that's how business goes. Like that's how business goes. There's a reason a five-star hotel costs more than a three-star hotel. Yeah. You know what's funny? Um, I want to share this with you and I, people might, I can't remember exactly, but it's kind of funny. I, I just want to share this. It's some, because it's the topic. Someone was like, prove to me <laughs> that like, you know, what was the question? It was something like, do you have any data that, you know, like something like not cash base is better, but it's like the cash base is viable. I'm like, well, I got data because I got people, you know, who are making this choice, but I don't, but it's not scientific. I just know that it's like, I think, oh, it was someone It was like, it was to submit a course on business. You know, they wanted references and research. And I was like, well, there's no references and research on marketing principles and, and all these things. It was for like a content company. I'm now I'm remembering. And I was like, there's nothing that I can say to prove to you that, you know, what I'm teaching is viable because people are choosing it. And if people were, you know, but there's no like, re you, know, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's the connection. It's like, if people are choosing something, there's a reason they're choosing it. Um, does that matter if we have, uh, does it matter if we have data or research that proves it? If people are making the choice to go use the product or service. I guess that's kind right. of- Right, yeah, the, the data the data is there and the success. Like, right. if, if the data is the success. If, if, if I have a successful business, mm -hmm. that's the data. If other people have a successful business within the model, that's the data. Right. You know, like, like, there's, yeah. I mean, nobody's gonna open up their books and say, look, this is how much money I made last year. Well, at least I don't think many people are. And, and they're not gonna show you exactly, this is how much I made last year. Well, yeah, unless somebody does that, that's the only way you could possibly see data that, you know, that this works, that this is viable. Right. How are you guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump around because, you know, like my brain does that. But no, you're just good. off of this, it's like, nope. Are you able to, you know, here's one of those problems and before we wrap up that I've had with like, let's say Facebook marketing, right? I can't pixel someone when they walk in the door to a Facebook ad, right? Mm -hmm. But I can pixel someone or, or I can know that a sale happened if it, if it happens online and they get a little cookie. Is there any way that you're able to use the AI or the interface of greeting patients to start like tracking it to capture that data of when people walk in the door so you know like, they've actually had their eight visits and here's all that. Is that, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of getting, so, so we have part of it we're working on part of it. So, so like we want to be able to pull the data in for touch points. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so how many times did this person interact on, on Facebook before they showed up? Did they interact? Didn't they? Did they show up? Um, one of the things is right now that we're doing is in our intake script, there's an area where we start the, the front office and we train people look, you've got to dig, you've got to push a little bit here to find out the real reason that they came, right. you know, so if they're coming, you know, did, did they see, did you see our Facebook ad? Did you see this? Did, you know, did you see that? Or, you know, they say, Oh, I just knew you were here. Oh, so you didn't, you didn't, nobody told you about us. You didn't see anything. You just, how did you know, just know we were here, you know? So, and if they say, well, I don't know, I just knew, then, then we let it go. But we're also trying to find out, you know, say, well, I, I did see this. Oh, okay, well, now that Facebook ad had an influence, so now we're going to bucket them, right? And then we track your ROI and automatically calculate the ROI on every dollar you spend. We count the number of visits. So it's not like this patient's worth $1,000. If they only come twice, they're not worth $1,000. Right. So we track that and put that out there so you can kind of see 
So now you at least have an idea of where your money is being best spent, where your highest ROI is coming mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but down the road, yeah, we definitely, we want to start pulling all of that front end data in because I'm a data dork yeah. and they're <laughs> out there. Yeah. There I, I mean, it's interesting because I can tell you like when I started my business and it was just me, the data didn't really matter. I mean, the data didn't matter. It was my bank account mattered. I was like, oh, bank account, right? They didn't matter, <laughs> right? But now that I'm like managing other people and, you know, I'm not in the clinic and I want to get a good idea about, you know, how's my clinic running, the data is more important. And I, I see why, I see why some of those things matter or, you know, like I remember hearing uh, at one of the conferences, like, it's like, oh, billable units. And it was only, you know, we only got 3.8 billable units per hour. And like, why that? Like, I was like, if you told me to bill four units an hour, I'd bill you four units an hour. It's like, why? Like, I don't understand how it could ever be less than four an hour. Right. But, so, you know, and I'm just like, that didn't make sense. But I, you know, I'm starting to see why people want to track that because it gives me the health, right? It's, it's an interesting, like, change in people as entrepreneurs to, to going from being the technician mm -hmm. to being the manager, right? To managing something like because they, well and there's there's a quote from a book uh, I think it was called Titan it's about Rockefeller and in the one quote and it always stuck with me it said that Rockefeller had an almost mystic faith in numbers and what he could see in them right mm -hmm. and he was the richest man that ever lived um, the data will always always tell you and it, it, it go the quote goes on they it fetters out hidden inefficiencies it, it shows it shows cheating it shows lying like everything is there it's all in the data so yeah it's and but it's hard it's hard when you're when you're basically what i was you know where where you're the practice owner on one and you're the technician or the therapist on the other side right so you're wearing two hats you got an hour and a half worth of paperwork where am i finding the time right, right? that's why we did this so we started building this out so it'll automatically calculate your roi for you you don't have to do anything you don't have to manage lists you don't have to look at numbers it will just spit it out you run the report you know you run your report bang here it is here's your roi for every dollar you spent yeah wow that's awesome no it's 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 and like, it's, it's true. I mean, it's like, I can see it and I'm still learning how to interpret it and what it means in the real world. And like, I said, like there's some of these points on pieces I'm missing. Like I'm going to spend thousand dollars on Facebook. I want to know, like, you know, is that bringing yeah. me actual results, you know? Right. But right. yeah. And people talk to you about leads and how many of those leads converted to patients. Well, converting to a patient and completing a plan of care are two totally different things. Right. If you send me something and they come and they do their evaluation and they go away, I didn't really make much on that person, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the cost of getting them in the door, the cost of my labor, the, you know, the cost of everything associated with that first visit, the extra hour and a half that I have to spend, you know, or half an hour, whatever the heck it is with that patient, well, hopefully not anymore with my, my software, right. but you know, that extra half an hour that you have to spend, that cost all goes in there. Just because it's not being billed doesn't mean it's not there. Right. Just because you're not tracking doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. <laughs> right. We can ignore it, but that means it doesn't, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist.
It's like, right. It's like little kids who go like if they can't see you, they're like, oh, you don't exist, and they're like, oh, hey. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ray, is there anything else um, that you'd like to share with our audience, or you think uh, would benefit people before we um, finish up? Well, I would say two things. Keep your eyes open. Look around. There's better things out there that are going to help you. And then once you find it, don't be afraid to move. Don't be afraid to jump. There's, there's a lot of people are going to miss opportunity when it's right in front of them because they see it. They feel like it's a good idea, but they just don't move. So if you see something you think is going to make your life better, you know, whether it be Aaron, whether it be me, whether it be somebody else, do it. Hop in, give it a go, put it, put your all into it and get out, get out the other end and it'll make you better. Awesome. Thanks, man. If someone wants to learn more about you, Ray, connect with you, or even just check out the EMR, or take it for a test drive. What's the best way for them to find it? Uh, you can hop on. Well, you can check out my PT business builders group. You can always get me there. You can message me on Facebook too. I, I, I get that pretty frequently. Um, or you can go to self doc, S E L F D O C A I M R no E A I. You can, there's a demo button there. If you want to look, get a demo, or if you just want to look around, there's tons of information that you can look around there. Awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having on, uh, having you on the show and spend the time with us. <laughs> My show now. Wow. I'm moving up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much, Ray. Appreciate All it. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Have a great evening. Yeah, this is the Cash Me Lunch Hour. This is Aaron LeBauer, Ray Berardinelli. And uh, go out there, take action, you know, like whatever. Like take action, do it, get it done, and uh, stop focusing on the things that uh, are wasting your time. Find some efficiencies in life, and we'll see you on the next show. Peace. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.